We should have queued up some Christmas music. Because today, you know, officially launches the Christmas season. I know. I see heads shaking uh, this way and this way. It's okay. Uh, true or false, uh, I watched my first Christmas movie last night of the season. False. Uh, about two weeks ago, we started watching our Hallmark movies. Some good ones. Uh, it's always a, a joy to be able to share with you. I know it's close to 11 o'clock already. Bear with me uh, and us. I do feel like this morning the Lord has some uh, important business to take care of. And um, this, is, um, this is a fun topic to talk on, relationships. It's also a really difficult uh, topic for, for some of us. Adam just felt led to pray for those, um, for, for kids that may have or are wandering or aren't where they hope they be, and it's hard. It's really hard. Um, and I want to start with this quote by Howard of Riveau. Uh It says, friendship is like a step to raise us to the love and knowledge of God. What happiness, what security, what joy to have someone to whom you dare to speak on terms of equality, one to whom you need have no fear to confess your failings, F-A-I-L-I-N-G-S, your failings, one to whom you can unblushingly make known what progress you have made in the spiritual life. At the end of the day, it's about relationships. Relationships are the most valuable and most precious things we can possess um, in this life. You rarely hear someone on their deathbed say, man, just really wish I spent more time in the office. Just typically aren't those words that come out. It's, it's sometimes often regret that they hadn't spent as much time as they hoped with loved ones or wish they had done this or that with those that they care about. Another quote I came across uh, is this by H. Jackson Brown, Jr. It says, measure your wealth by what you'd have left if you lost all your money. So, Adam said, we're wrapping up this series next week uh, on living well. And today, we're going to spend some time looking and thinking about our relationships with, with one another. Relationships, as I mentioned, are everything. And so I ask the question today as we begin this talk, this time, what's the quality of your relationships? How are you doing in this department? In preparing this message, I was challenged time and time again. If we want to live well, our relationships have to take a priority it's our responsibility to make sure they're healthy. It's our and mine and your responsibility to make sure that when these relationships are broken, that we move to repair them. Because the kingdom of heaven is about relationships. Our relationship with God, our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with the Holy Spirit. God sent Jesus because he wanted to connect with us in a new and fresh way. He wanted a different kind of relationship. 
He wanted to show us in human form through Jesus his love and compassion for us and for all humanity. He wanted to show us his heart. John 14, 9 through 10, this is Jesus, says, You've been with me all this time, Philip, and still you don't understand. To see me is to see the Father. So how can you ask, where's the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you aren't mere words. I don't just make them up on my own. The Father who resides in me crafts each word into a divine act. The kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven is about relationship with our creator and it's about our relationship with one another. So much of the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament is stories and guidance and wisdom on how to get along with each other. We were made to be in relationship and communion. And the good news is that God doesn't say, You guys figure it out. Good luck. He gives us help. He partners with us. He gives us people. He gives us an instruction book to help us along the way. And isn't it so much better when we get along? Right? Come on. It's so much better. But it can be so difficult at times. Um, So I'm a dad, as you guys have figured out already. And I hate it when my kids fight. I hate it when my kids fight, when they put each other down. I know they looked so sweet up here, right? They love each other so much, but yet they punch each other. They call each other names. They're rude to each, each other. And when you see that, it, it does. As a, as a dad, as a parent, it, it, it breaks your heart. We raise them. We try to raise them and teach them not to do these things, but yet they, they still do sometimes. And it's painful. But on the other hand, right, my heart leaps with joy when they love each other well, though it seems rare sometimes. When they say kind words to each other, when they affirm one another, when they cheer each other on at soccer games or whatever they're doing, when they're not, when they're not fighting, <laughs> it's a blessing. And when they think of each other out of the blue, like... This happened the other day. I picked up Riley from school, and she had a book fair. The book fairs are big things in our house, scholastic stuff, like it's a a big deal. And one night earlier in the week, they go to, Riley and Cameron go to different schools. Cameron's looking, they're looking through the catalog, and um, Cameron says, hey, did did they have this book at your book fair? And Riley said, yeah, yeah, they did. He's like, oh, lucky. She didn't get it, but he was just like, oh, they didn't have it at mine. So that was that. That was like on Wednesday. And then um, Friday, I pick Riley up. I'm looking a little pale up on the screen there. Um, <laughs> Riley, sorry. Um, R- Riley pick, I get Riley from school, and she, she has a bag in her hand. She says, Dad, I got that book for Cameron. You remember that book that he said he didn't have at this book fair? He, I got it for him. And I'm like, What? Are you serious? I'm like, I'm like, Riley. I, like, it just struck me as like, I'm like, I'm so, I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy. She's like, chill out. She's like, it's just a book. I'm like, no, I know, but you thought of him. You remembered and you got it. And she goes, yeah, by the way, I need $10 to get it back. <laughs> like, that's okay. I'll give you $10. You thought of him. 
It's just a small way as a dad, when you watch your kids interact in a negative way or in a positive way, it's, a, it's just a small way that we can maybe understand a little bit of God's heart as we are his children, right? His fatherly heart for us. We've got to get this right for ourselves and for the sake of the world. So as part of this series, we're reading through this book called Crafting a Rule of Life. And it's a very hands-on, practical read that reminds us that if we want to live a healthy life, we need to practice healthy habits. And it all revolves around loving well. If we want, and this is, if you're taking notes, no one's taking notes, that's fine. But this is a good one. If you want to live well, we must love well. If we want to live well, we must love well. We need to love God well. We need to love others well. We need to love ourselves well. So this, this chapter in this book called Trust, and the author challenges us to take a deeper dive into our relationships, um, to evaluate the health, to make changes needed. And he highlights the story of Ruth. And Ruth is a very short book, which is great. Um, in the Bible, and there's nice short ones that you can kind of get the beginning and the end, and it's right there, and it's so simple. And he highlights the story of Ruth and Naomi in their unswerving loyalty and selfless, selfless devotion to one another. She's a woman, and it's her daughter-in-law, and um, it's such a, such a book of encouragement. Um, and for the sake of time, we're not going to go into it today. But the author highlights these traits of, of a healthy relationship through the book of, of Ruth. So this is where, where it kind of is going to get personal for us a little bit. As I read through this list, I'd like for you to consider the relationships in your life with your family, with your spouse, with your kids, with your church, with your friendships. Are there elements of these traits in your relationships? Are there things that are missing? Are there adjustments that need to be made? So I'm gonna read through this list here and give a little perspective on each one. For healthy relationships, there needs to be faithful presence. Are you committed through thick and thin? Are you willing to stay through the tough times for better or for worse? When the going gets tough, do you continue to be faithful loving, compassionate in these relationships. We're not looking for perfection here, but we're asking, are you committed for the long haul? Faithful presence. Second is honesty and transparency. Again, think of your relationships in your life. Are you full of honest and are you fully open and honest with how you feel in your relationships? Are you safe enough where your friend, spouse, or child can share with you openly? Or are you defensive and quick to deflect? Is there honesty in your relationship? Mutual submission. Are you willing to put others' needs before your own? Can you sacrifice what you want for the sake of someone else's desire? This is hard. It doesn't feel right sometimes. It feels unfair. But when this happens, when you're able to do this, when you begin to submit to 
the other person in the relationship, you begin to experience a deeper life. You begin to enjoy being in the service of others because you love them so much. This is the road not traveled by most people, but it is possible with God. And when two people mutually submit to one another, true joy is the result. Confession and forgiveness. The author says, relationships that willingly voice, I'm sorry, I was wrong, please forgive me, and I love you, are richly blessed by God. Only from a posture of humble repentance will reconciliation meaningfully occur. Asking forgiveness is hard work, and granting forgiveness is equally as difficult. I forgive you. I mean it. I'm going to forget what happens and never bring it up again is healing in any relationship, and it reflects the heart of God. This quote, never forget the three powerful resources you always have available to you, love, prayer, and forgiveness. Okay, this is where it gets a little bit more fun. Joy. Laughter and tears. Is there laughter in your meaningful relationships? Do you laugh so hard you cry? Are you able to share heartache and pain? These are all signs of a healthy relationship. When's the last time you really, really laughed with your husband or your wife? So two years ago, Elena and I went, um, it was her birthday, birthday weekend. This is her birthday weekend. Her birthday's on Tuesday. Um, and we got babysitter, and I planned the whole night out. We're going to go to Newberry Street in Boston. I just knew it was like a cool place to go. I'd never really been there. It's pretty cool. So we get the babysitter. We're in the car. We're on our own, just the two of us. We go into Boston. We get on Newberry Street. We're like, this is Newberry Street. This is cool. Taking selfies. I'm taking her to a, um, a muse, a paint bar, right? You all sit down like a classroom. You paint. There's drinks. It's a fun night. So, uh, so we get there, sit down. We're like, this is going to be fun. We got our, our brushes, our paints. We got this blank, uh, you know, canvas, and the instructor's up there. She's like, welcome, everybody. We're going to have a great night tonight. Who's excited to be here? And I'm like, yeah, this is going to be fun. And she says, um, so who here, the room's packed. Who's here celebrating something fun, anniversary, birthday? And people jump right up, and they're like, yeah, we're celebrating this, we're celebrating that. Now, remember, we are out for Elena's birthday. Okay, her birthday. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to nail it, right? Because I'm not shy. So when the opportunity comes, anybody else? I'm like, yes. She's like, yeah, what are you guys celebrating? I was like, we're celebrating our anniversary tonight. <laughs> Elena looks at me very puzzling. And I'm like, what? And the instructor's like, that's awesome. Congratulations. How many years? And that was the moment where I realized I was in trouble. How many years have we been married? Well, we're not even here on our anniversary. So I said, I don't know, somewhere between six and seven, because that was true. And then I tried to like get out of it. I'm like, this is, you know, when you hold, get getting gets flush and they're like, oh my goodness, what is happening? She's just looking at me. And I was like, I actually, it, actually it's her birthday and, we'll be, and, we're, and we're here to c- celebrate and She's, the instructor's like, 
All right, so why don't everybody grab a brush? <laughs> We're going to uh, begin. And so we tell that whenever we bring that up, just usually to each other. I don't usually tell stories like that too much but um, to pu in public, but we just laugh. She just thinks that is the funniest thing, and it really is. I just like had a senior moment, and I was like, it's our anniversary. No, it's not our, our anniversary at all. Somewhere between five and six years or six and seven years. Um, so when has the last time you have laughed so hard together that you cried? Um, when is the last time that you shared openly with a friend something painful where you cried on their shoulder? Do you have that friend? I do, and I'm grateful. Listening and empathy, moving on. Are we listening well in our relationships? Um, think of your, your children, your spouse, when they come to you with a problem. Is your first inclination to fix it? Because that typically is mine. Is it to give your wise counsel and sage advice and wisdom and tell them, well, if you do this, you should be good? Or can we just listen and empathize with them without trying to fix it? This is a tough one. This is a tough one for me. We never want to see our loved ones hurting. There is a time for counsel, but most of the time, we just need to just listen. Say, I am so sorry. That stinks. I love you. <laughs> it goes a lot better than trying to fi fix it. We have to resist that temptation. They just want to be heard, hugged, and loved. And the last one on our list, as you think about your friendships, this one is attitude of gratitude. And the author says this, it's with hearts of thanksgiving and expectancy, each person is filled with God's loving will and ways. This perspective is significant for relational vitality and wholeness. And in Thessalonians, we're reminded that we need to be thankful in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for those that are in Christ Jesus. So my question is, are you grateful and thankful for what you have and who God has put in your life? Or are you doing more complaining these days to yourself, to others, to God about what's going on in your life? These are simply gauges to assess our relationship. How are we doing in this department? That is, that is the question. They're not meant to make you feel guilty. Guilt is, leads to shame. Shame is toxic. I think conviction is a better word. Conviction makes us take a look in the mirror, mirror, assess ourselves, and move toward change, more into the likeness of Jesus. My hope is this morning is that the Holy Spirit would lovingly convict you and me, as he has, about needing to make some of these changes in our life. The results will be amazing and worth it if you put the effort into it. One of the best things I ever did was come to this church. One of the best things I ever did was come to this church and get connected into community, into a small group. I developed some of the deepest and most meaningful relationships as a result of jumping into this type of community with strangers to start. A community where people were simply trying to figure out who is God, who am I, what's this life all about, Doing it together, taking risks, being vulnerable, being heard, being loved, being cared for. I was blown away 
that the authenticity that I experienced in this small community, it changed the course of my life, and that is not an overstatement. But the good news is this wasn't just for me. This wasn't just my experience. I saw it happen to other people as well, and I want to invite my friend Ron to come up here and share a, a short testimony. Uh, he was in our small group uh, for years, um, and uh, he has a powerful story, and I, I asked him to share part of it with you today. Can you grab that? make sure we're on. There you go. As Tommy said, uh, I was in a small group for a long time. We used to, uh, we used to call them cell groups back then. Um, and we'd get together once a week and just kind of congregate and be community. Um, this was the first church I ever attended. Other than that, I've never been stepped foot in a church before in my life. Um, worked through a lot of problems, and the, uh, the folks were really, they were praying for me, they were good, they weren't pushing me to change, they weren't pushing me to, you know, but encouraging me to progress. So the worst thing in my life that kind of was deep-rooted was my uh, relationship with my father. Um, we've had a broken relationship off and on my whole life. Uh, he and my mom were uh, divorced, I think, when I was two years old, so it was off and on, and then it was 10 years when I really, we really didn't speak, and it was pretty much when I became a father, I realized I was missing something in my life. I, I needed something in my life, and I kind of told the group about it, and it was actually Tommy's uh, group that uh, this happened. Um, it took a long time, and it was easier for me to forgive um, a lot of people who's done a lot of bad things to me, and for me to do a lot of bad things to them, to forgive them versus my father. So after a while, um, the group was doing nothing but praying for me about the situation, but not really encouraging me to go either way. They were just there for me. So, um, one night I got home from work, it was like one o'clock in the morning, and I had an email from like 10 years ago, and I said, you know, I'm just going to try it. So I emailed my dad, and just told him, owned, owned my own, you know, and uh, told him that uh, I'd become married, I had two little children, and, you know, basically apologized for my part of the relationship. Didn't expect anything from it. It was a 10-year-old email, except um, God intervened. And the next day, I get an email uh, back, and it was him explaining that uh, he, too, was in a bad place this, most of his life. Um, he, too, also gave his life to Christ and uh, is going to church. And um, we ended up, you know, rekindling a relationship. And um, we talk and text every week. Um, he actually came up uh, to here to, to see us and to visit my family. And, and uh, it was 
Tommy's shock when he saw my dad walk through the door because uh, we've been working with this problem for a little while. And, um, but I really don't think I would have moved, you know, uh, towards that, you know, where I was without the community that I had. Um, I would have been stuck. That root would have just kept growing. And I would have just kept fighting the same fight every single time. But it was the community. It was the groups that uh, really, you know, helped me just get rid of that. And uh, just want to thank everybody for that, you know. It's, um, you know, he, he, gave the, he gave the short version, um, and I won't go into details, but when, he would, when we would bring up the topic of his dad, I mean, you could tell there was just so much hurt, so much pain there. And then when, you know, he started, um, he said he reached out and found an email address from 10 years ago and responded and his father had come to faith and was going to church and, oh my goodness, the, just the, the, rest, the restoration that was there was, was so powerful. But I saw Ron's um, heart just, just change over the course of, of years. And I love how his story kind of intertwines this, the many relationships we have, the relationship with church, the relationship with our friends, the relationship with our family. Um, and he, he went from bitterness to forgiveness, and um, the transformation was, was amazing. And I'm so proud of the, the journey that, that he's been on. Um, here's the beauty of community, okay? We'll wrap up. Here's the beauty of community. You develop deep and long friendships with people, many times total strangers to begin with. And it begins with someone being vulnerable, with being real. You realize you're not alone in your struggles. Trust begins to form. And you start to share your story. You share your heart, your fears with them. And you're met with acceptance, love, understanding. We didn't push him. We encouraged him. He knew restoration was the goal. But we didn't say, you need to do it. You need to do it. You need to do it. We just loved him along the way. And, um, and that, was, that was amazing. Um, the love and acceptance that he got, that I received 18 years ago when I first um, attended a small group, is a reflection of, of God's love. Um, how he feels about us, how he feels about you. And it is transformational. Um, talk about our heart and when pain happens, when bad things happen to us, our soft, innocent hearts begin to get calloused, right? They begin to get hard, and we start to lose touch with the soft, with the soft stuff. And what happens is when you begin to say yes to God and, and you begin to experience his love, those calluses start to get chipped away slowly, slowly. And when there's encouragement and love and support, when it's really hard and, and, and he, he would say things like, I can't do it. I cannot forgive him. You don't understand. You start to see those calluses fall away and God does what God does and that is healing. And so I know that as we think about relationships here in this room, there are there are broken relationships. There are hurt hearts in this room. Some of them might be caused by the person sitting next to us. 
Some of them might be caused by people that have since passed away and we're still holding on to those hurts. And I want to encourage you this morning that God wants to heal your heart if you let him. And it starts with saying yes. It starts with saying, okay, I'm going to trust you. Often when we talked about forgiveness, people say, I can't forgive. I don't feel, I don't feel anything for them right now. I don't feel anything. It's about obedience. It's about, says, God says we need to forgive those that hurt us. We need to love our enemies. And it's a step of obedience. It's, I don't feel it. That's okay. Step into that obedience. Step into that, I'm going to trust you, God, because I, I, my heart still feels really, really hard right now towards that person, but I'm just going to step. And it's amazing what happens when you step in that faith, and you can't even see or understand how God's going to do it, and yet he does do it. I want to just pray for a quick moment and then finish with two things. Lord, I want to pray for my friends here this morning as there are, there are feelings, there are stirred hearts right now as we think about relationships in our lives. Lord, it's our, our responsibility to take that first step and we can't do it by ourselves. We can only do it with you. So I pray for my friends here this morning that the first step would be to say, God, help me today to begin the process. You don't have to do it all right now. Help me to begin the process towards restoration, Lord, and to healing. I pray you would do that for my friends this morning. Amen. I know this is tough stuff, but it is worth the journey. There's two things I want to just remind you of or tell you. One to remind you and tell you. I was up here about a month ago and told you about small groups. Yes, I'm waving the flag for small groups. And some of you have reached out and said, hey, when are we starting this? So thank you for your patience. We are in the process. I'm hoping, we are hoping to have things launched by the first of the year. Um, so be patient with us. But there are many of you maybe that weren't there that day. Do you have those cards, Sarah? Can I just see one of them? Um, many of you may not have been there. There's these little circle cutouts because they're calling them circles. Um, and it just says, I'm interested in learning more. And if you want one of these, Adam and Sarah are going to pass them out to you. Um, we're going to collect them and we're going we're gonna to be in touch. We're going to do our best to, to get things off the ground. Um, so when we go to our last song, um, we can, we can uh, raise your hand and they'll be able to pass those out to you. Um, so that's one thing, circles coming. The second thing is we're going to offer starting in January, we're working on um, putting together something to help those of us that are stuck, that are stuck in our relationships with God, with our relationships with our, with our family, with our peers, um, or stuck in anything else. And so be on the lookout for that in January. We're going to put, you call it a course, call it a, a, a group. Um, we understand that, that we get stuck sometimes and we need help to get through that. So those, those uh, or that's going to be specifically focused on helping us get unstuck. Um, so that'll be uh, coming in, um, in the new year. Lord, thank you for this time. Lord, I pray in this, in this um, 
next few moments as we, as we close in song, Lord, that you would sp- continue to speak to our hearts. Lord, that you would help us to be bold and courageous as we think about loving people well. And Lord, thank you for what you're going to do and the testimonies and stories that are going to come out of the courage that some of us here today are going to display and step into the faith and understanding that you will not let us go. You will help us in the process. And I pray this in Jesus' name.